we go now to the UK where Nicholas Groffman, a uh, partner at law firm Harrison Clark Rickabees and a writer for the South China Morning Post is standing by after Prime Minister Boris Johnson ordered Huawei equipment to be purged completely from Britain's 5G network. There's seven years for the equipment to be removed. Uh, it risks the ire of China by signalling the world's biggest telecoms equipment maker is no longer welcome in the West. That seven-year lag is going to please British telecom operators who feared they'd be forced to spend billions of pounds to rip out Huawei equipment much faster because in January, of course, Boris Johnson said, yes, fine, there's nothing to fear here. We've got enough safeguards and we've been assured that there's going to be no um, ill effects from incorporating Huawei into the 5G system. It is going to delay the rollout of 5G in the UK the US has long been pushing Boris Johnson to reverse the decision he made in January to grant Huawei a limited role in 5G. Nicholas Groffman joins me now. Good evening to you, Nicholas. And good morning to you, Carrie. How much of this is to do with the new powers in Hong Kong? How much of it is to do with a rethink? How much of it is to do with placating the US? Yeah, it's a perfect storm for Huawei. I think a lot of Bad stuff happened at the same time for them. Um, I've got to declare an interest here, though. Huawei's head office was my neighbour for five <laughs> years. Um, I know quite a few of the Huawei staff there. I, I think um, they're a really good company. Uh, they've got a reputation in the UK for hard work and creativity. And, um, you know, this is really a big setback for UK telecommunications. But to answer your question, which I'm not trying to avoid it, but... Um, <laughs> It, 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 I'm sure that all those things are related, but it was, it's one very specific thing that's caused uh, the National Security Commission to have a rethink. And you're quite right, in January, it was all decided that, yes, Huawei could be part of our system, only 35%, and not in core, but still they were going to be allowed a big piece of the pie. And um, it was in May when the United States put sanctions on Huawei to the effect that they wouldn't be able to source key components for 5G from United States companies. So that meant that the uh, NCSC had to go back to the drawing board and rethink all the risk issues. Mm. And it was decided, um, Kieran Martin and his team had to go in and think about it, and they decided that, well, they wouldn't be able to um, be as secure without U.S. components. If they were sourcing right. them from elsewhere, that would be second tier, and it just wouldn't be as good. I see. Uh, so why the seven years? Was that because there's no immediate I think that's fear? a compromise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's, the telecommunications companies have made the point that to do it on the very aggressive timetable that the Huawei interest group, which is a loose sort of conservative party group led by ex-army MPs, um, well, at least four of them are, um, that they... Um, they were the ones that wanted the rushed withdrawal. Those guys understandably put security first above absolutely everything else. And it was left to the more technical-minded people to say, well, actually, that's not even practical. Even if there is a security risk, the extent to which Huawei is embedded means that we can't just rip everything out as quickly as they want. And they, they wanted the 4G, the 3G, um, and everything else associated with Huawei pulled out. They have absolutely no trust. China's not going to take this lying down. That's going to see it as a slap in the face, isn't it? 
Yes, but um, I think they played their cards really badly on the political side. I don't, and again, I don't mean Huawei. Huawei is just an unfortunate um, player in all this. But the Chinese Communist Party has been behaving by, at least according to many people in Britain, pretty abominably over the last period. And so that's got everyone riled up. And again, you know, just diplomatically, um, for example, the uh, foreign ministry ordered the ambassador to the UK, Liu Xiaoming, who is an Anglophile and uh, um, quite liked in the city, mm. by which I mean, you know, in London. But he had to issue this stupidly worded statement uh, that if the UK didn't work with Huawei, that if they kept they kept complaining about Hong Kong, for example, that they were going to regret it. And, you know, the British are a bit like New Zealanders in the sense if you tell them to do something forcefully, they, they won't do it. They'll go and do the opposite. And that's exactly what's happened. Exactly. He sort of fired, the, fired up the British to um, the British government to, to do the opposite. Will, what sort of impact on productivity will the delay in the rollout of 5G mean? Oh, well, it's going to cost them, I think, $2 billion. Well, you mentioned it before, Kerry. It's going to cost um, a huge amount just to pull everything out. And that doesn't even take into account the cost of reinstalling and hunting around for whether it's Siemens or Cisco or Ericsson probably a combination mm. to come up with something which will be more expensive and probably in the short term not as good as what Huawei was offering because Huawei's been building up to this for years. Yes, they were re- recognised as being expert in the field, weren't they? Or are recognised. Yes, and that was, mm. that's what they were sitting in Britain to do. So that enormous building, that was my neighbour until we moved into the centre of town and they stayed in Green Park in Reading. Um, there are thousands of people there all working incredibly busily and a lot of what their work was was focused on the 5G product because they had to convince Britain that they could do it better, more efficiently and actually more cost effectively than anyone else. So that's what they've been focusing on. Other other providers have thought, oh, okay, well, Huawei's got the gig, so we'll easy yours on this for a while. What's going to happen to Huawei as a company? Well, I don't know what's going to happen to them, but you would imagine they would have to wind down over the next few years. Mm. Unless they come up with another product or something saleable or something that can be considered saleable that isn't going to compromise security or or be used as, you know, or that can be used as an excuse. Well, the extent of objection to China generally at the moment, that would mean that there would have to be a political change for that Mm. to work. So whatever product they came up with, um, it would, it, there would need to be more than just a technological satisfaction because I think the, NC, uh, the NCSC here was more or less satisfied with Huawei mm. and it was enormous pressure um, that, that made the, the government have to do this U-turn. Uh, and so, you know, the same thing again. And I don't know what, uh, whether other countries as well because um, you have Australia, the voice said no to them, the United States, other countries around the world might take a similar view after Britain as, as well as followed suit. So um, it looks pretty bleak for Huawei internationally. At home, um, no, not at all. There's, there's, of course, going to be used massively in China, which is still their, their biggest market, and they want to expand into other countries, Africa and uh, Central Asia and so on. Where there might not be the same delicacies. No, and then again, and, but who knows, you know, within three or four years, perhaps the United Kingdom will change its mind. Yep, absolutely. Nicholas, always good to get your insights. I appreciate it very much. Nicholas Groffman, who is the writer for the South China Morning Post.
among other things, also partner uh, at the UK law firm, News Talk ZB.